Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown, the podcast where we take a deeper look into teams, coaches, and trends of the NBA. I'm your host, Coach Mark Tinklenberg. It's time to settle in and enjoy as we talk about the league. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Knock If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Here we go. Welcome back to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. I'm your host, Mark Tinklenberg, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Herringa and Zach Walker. And we have our special guest, Coach O, back tonight. So we got full house, boys. Hey. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, I just want to take a second and remind you guys to add us on Twitter and Instagram at X underscore breakdown. Subscribe and listen to our pod. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I say it every week, but I'm going to say it again. We really like those. So keep them coming. Every, every review means the world to us, and we really appreciate your feedback. Um, and so I'm excited here tonight. We're going to get the blood flowing here tonight. Uh, we got four of us on the panel, but we got some good topics coming your way. Um, so I'm going to jump right in. Coach O, welcome back. Zach, good to have you tonight. Mike, I'm also always glad to see you, my brother. Uh, let's, let's jump right in. So here we go. Topic number one. Okay. We're going to talk about some ascending and descending teams across the NBA uh, when you look at the standings, you know, guys, the East is not is not quite what we thought it would be, to be honest with you. Uh, basically, when you hit the four seed uh, through the seven seed, you're sitting right at a, a game above or two games below 500 um, with the Nets coming in the third seed at 15 and 12. The East has been a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, Sixers have not been. Um, Bucks have, have been on the struggle bus here a little bit lately, but no surprise to us. All of us have talked about the Milwaukee Bucks and what it's going to take for them to get over the hump. Uh, in the Western Conference, you have the surprise Utah Jazz and Lakers sitting at top. Clippers a uh, couple games behind. Spurs sneaking in there. Suns sitting a little bit higher than we thought they would be in fourth right now. It's early, but the Mavericks have plummeted. Uh, in the East, you have the Hornets ascending. You have the Heat plummeting. So, guys, I just wanted to hit on that a little bit, give you the standings, and tell me what you think about some of these teams that I just mentioned and and, um, and what you foresee uh, for the rest of the first half of the season. I'll say this. I'm looking at these standings in the East, and, yes, I see my Pacers down there, which is heartbreaking. But at the same time, I think as excited as I tried not to be in the beginning of the season, you knew that this was going to happen at some point with a new coach, a new system, uh, two injuries. We have a trade, Karis LeVert being out, TJ Warren being out. You knew it was going to come at some point where the chemistry would be a little off and trying to find the right rotation with the guys that we've got. 
Um, so I said my piece about the Pacers. I'm going to move on now. They're the sixth spot at 12 and 13. What I'm seeing, like, no one's really protecting their home court in the East. When you look at the standings, you usually at least see that your way is going to be a little different. They're going to, but they're going to be a little bit better at the home court. <laughs> yeah. Once you get past Brooklyn, it is a 500 slot. I mean, with Boston, I expect more out of them. Toronto, I expect more out of them just from what they've done the last few years, regular season, at least Toronto has definitely been up there in the top four um, and I guess technically they might be, but the a game under 500 for them is really, really surprising. Charlotte, Coach O, you said it. You brought it to me. I want the receipts. Oh, I want the receipts. <laughs> when you have when you have a prospect like Lamelo Ball and he is off the bench, you're kind of limiting his talent. And I don't know if you guys remember, but you can check Twitter. Every every game I was putting, you have to start this man. You have to. Now, granted, granted, now he's starting, and now we're kind of like seeing it kind of like unleashed. But the biggest thing about having a guy like Lamelo come back is one, we mentioned it before. He's a great rebounder. That always helps. And also for a guard, he looks to push the pace, right? So nobody really likes to play defense. So just by be, having someone who's willing to make those hit-ahead passes and everything, it opens up the floor. And, you know, I feel like Michael Bridges has had more highlights in these first few games than he's had since the whole beginning of his whole career, in my opinion. I just want to but, say something quick about the Charlotte Hornets, and you can, you can continue and tag on. But if I'm Brooklyn or I'm Boston – or even Milwaukee, guys, I'm terrified of the Charlotte Hornets come playoff time. It's an, it's an interesting point that you're saying. And, you know, we, we had mentioned it before where, you know, this is a season of a lot of uncertainties, right? So obviously one of them, we're still dealing with a pandemic. So um, a lot of coaches have to do adjustments like on the day of the game. Right. So you're not sure about the continuity that you have going into a game. You're not sure about how you have to build. But you guys will notice that the teams that are performing well, and I'm just going to take the top two teams in each conference. Right. We're looking at Philly and Utah. Those two teams have some type of continuity where it's like they've had the same core of players. And now it's like you add on a few pieces. The roles are defined. Now, when you go to something else and you're looking at um, a team like Brooklyn, for instance. Right. You know, on paper, you know, we heard about it. You need three stars to be able to to be able to to win, right? It's important to have three stars and everything. But now you're in a position where the three stars are kind of like trying to figure stuff out. And that's where I think like having depth is important, but also the continuity is something that is going to play an even bigger factor as we keep going through this season. Well, guys, I feel like we're just now at the point of the season where in a regular season, they'd be getting out of training camp, right? We're 25 games in. They'd be like five, maybe 10 games into the season. And you've got teams, you know, we talked about this before. You've got teams that are on 90 days rest, 60, whatever it was, 60 days rest. And you've got teams on nine months rest and just trying to figure out it's the weirdest season. Like Zach, you were saying, we expect more out of Boston, right? Well, they're 12 and 11. They're, all of these teams feel like they're just getting their feet under them. 
And I think those top teams, like I think Utah specifically going on this streak and jumping, um, what are they, 20 and 6, 20 and 5, I think them getting a head start on this season is really helpful because these other teams are going to get their footing. Coach O, like you said, Brooklyn's going to figure it out. The Lakers, even though they're 20 and six, they've got four or five new parts that they're figuring out how to do this. Uh, Clippers, same, they've lost some. So just kind, I think we forget, well, maybe we don't forget, but it's good to remember that even though we're 25 games into the season, a lot of these teams are just now figuring out their teams and how to play together. And, and there's a couple of teams that I think are going to have a hard time coming back from getting in this deep hole. And there's a couple of teams specifically, I'm thinking Utah, who is a surprise to us all, you know, we had them in the second tier um, or maybe top of the third tier getting out to a jump like this is really going to be helpful as these other teams get their feet underneath them and figure out what they're doing. So it's just, it's been a strange year, uh, but it's going, I think, I feel like these teams now are going to figure it out and we're going to get a little better sense of who's better and who deserves to be in. I'm going to go back and just finish up on LaMelo. I love, um, the play he had against the 76ers where the game's ending and he came and stole it from Embiid and still like finished out the game and then made a play there to keep the game close. Um, I think that shows him like, like, Hey, he's fighting no matter what the time of the clock looks. I mean, that that's, that's a kid that you want on your team, right? I've had my thoughts about the ball family, but that dude, he's, he is going to be a star in Charlotte. I love that he's partnered with Gordon Hayward because I actually think Hayward's at having a very, very nice season for the first time and a couple of years since the injury. So I'm really happy to see him doing well. But like you said, Tink, that's a team that you, you don't want them to even get more chemistry come, come playoff time. They're, yeah. they're one, they're one piece away like from like being very interesting team. Took like the if, words, took the words right out of right. My, I was just like, saying they're one one away from really jumping people. Man, imagine like you get like a Bradley Beal on that team or something like that. Like or, or even like a dominant post play. You know, just you're missing like just one thing, but they're not. I think far. a dominant post player for them, like you said, would be Probably huge. Better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I'm. I'm actually looking at uh, what you guys have all said, and it's really interesting. You know, um, you look at the teams in the standings, and you look at the teams, as you said, Coach O, uh, the teams that have kind of had a connected core for the last couple of years, and, and the teams that have just added a piece or two, they're mostly staying afloat. Those teams that have had good, uh, good players and have had similar chemistry the last couple of years. Now, The interesting part that I'm seeing is that um, some of these other teams that have had similar core but added a big piece, like the Phoenix Suns, but they added a veteran piece, those pieces have all of a sudden stayed connected and that veteran piece has surprisingly pushed them over the hump. But the hard part for this year um, that you were basically hitting on that I just wanted to make sure people were kind of clear about in the NBA this year, teams aren't practicing. Um, We've heard a lot of NBA teams say the games are literally their practice. So, you know, these standings right now, as as kind of um, unsure as we are of the East, 
you have to remember that a lot of these teams that are playing together for the first time, their practices right now are the games because you're traveling and they started so fast. There, there is no way they have even 25% of their sets or their looks or their defensive stuff in yet, especially if they're a newer, a newer team together. Um, some of these other teams have been playing together. Yeah, maybe. But I think that's why you said, Mike, the Jazz – are where they are. The Lakers are so talented that they're able to overcome those deficiencies. But when you think about it, they're really the only team that is talented enough to have that many new pieces to kind of overcome this because I know they're the number one teams that has said we are practice right now is just watching film. Um, And no matter what level you're at, NBA, college, high school, if you're not getting practice time and continuity, as you said, Coach O, to me, these standings are as disappointed as I am, a lot of them are awash right now. I think you have to focus on the second half of the season when you got 50 to 75% of your sets in actions, movements, defense, personnel is more set injuries have come and gone. You're a little bit more settled. Um, But the one thing that, that scares me the most out of all this is the Dallas Mavericks at 12 and 14. Cause I thought they got better. Uh, I thought, I thought Richardson was a big piece for them on the perimeter and they have really everybody back. So I, I thought they got a little bit better, and they're 12 and 14, and they could make a run and, and push that. But, man, they really struggled defensively. And so they're the one team that I, I'm rooting for them because I've grown to like Mark Cuban, um, but, and I love Luca. But, man, they're really – they're the team that worries me the most out of these, out of these teams in the uh, playoff race. But then when you look at the West – Who's going to fall off, though, when you look at those those teams that are in the playoff picture right now? Who would fall off to allow Dallas back in? I, I don't know. I really I really don't know. You have Denver, who has been our number two in the West the last two, last two years, and they're at seven, and they're going to continually be good. Um, Golden State, Curry's out there doing his thing, keeping that team in the eighth spot, which I did not see happening. Dallas is almost there in a place where get your stuff together sooner than later because there's not a lot of room for error in the West as much as there is in the East. Well, if we look at the Mavs and the Kings, they're both uh, Kings are twelve and twelve, Mavs are twelve and fourteen, and and I was I'm just sitting here I'm I'm listening to you guys. I remember we talked about last last year that uh, there there are players saying that last year's. Uh, championship was the toughest ever because of how strange it was. No fans, bubble, everybody all together. I think history, we're going to look back on this historically and say that this season was sort of in that same vein because it's so weird. But when I think of the Kings at 12 and 12 and the Mavs at 12 and 14, and then I look at the East and I see the, the Bulls are 10 and 14 and the Heat are 10 and 14. If you spin this forward 40 games, who do we feel best about? We feel best about that, uh, those teams that know how to do it. And Mark, like you were saying, they're just figuring out how to, not only how to practice, but how to play in a season like this. They're doing two games and three nights in the same city. They're doing one game Uh, And then they're coming back three games later. So even when you're playing, you've just seen them. So you're not going to surprise them. It's just a really weird year. But some of that I feel like is going to just come out in the wash. And I have a feeling at the end of the year, there'll be a team or two that surprises us. 
but some of these some of these disappointments are going to find their footing and keep going. No, so that's a so that's a valid point. And also like um continuing on that point about, you know, just having like veterans and people who know how to, how you do it, like you said Mike, think about it also like if the playoffs started today, we have a Utah versus Golden State, right? I don't think Golden State would like automatically win. I don't think about that, but like think think about how just having a Curry in the playoffs, how you know Utah has still has that chip on the shoulder where they haven't take that next step. They're still in the mix of we're trying to get there, right? So just being able to have someone who like if the Lakers finish second or third, I still think they would go to the finals. Dude, if the Lakers finished if the Lakers finished seventh, I'd still take him. You know, it it's so important just having a guy that has been there. Like yep. it's so important, and that's where I think like a lot of these teams like well um well well when come when comes crunch time I think that's where we'll see um we'll have our identity. You know, and and yeah, and I still I'm looking at this even if the standing stayed where they were as far as the teams that East playoff would still be very, very fun to watch how the layout is. That's going to be some still some decent hard nose playing teams and a come playoff time. That'll be fun to watch. And the matchups will be really, really good. The only one I really just don't know about still is Atlanta, I guess would be the only one I'm like, eh, they're okay. They're fine in the playoff game. I don't see them doing too, too much, but you know, they, they don't, they just don't have a lot of the pieces that I think a lot of these other teams have. But besides that, I'm still looking at one through seven going, these are, these are exciting teams that I, I would watch any day of the week play basketball um, on, on both sides of East and the West. I'm, I mean, these are all great teams. I'm happy the Spurs just because I like Popovich. I'm not a huge Spurs fan, but because I like Popovich, I'm happy they're they're in the standing somewhere right now. I know it's early, but he just deserves to be in the playoffs. I always just feel like because he's such a heck of a coach. You and me both. I like last, that. Last last thing on on the, on that point when it when it comes to like players coming up, I'm looking at Spurs. Dejounte Murray has been playing, has been playing his, you know what, and also. I'm almost at the point, guys, where I'm thinking that De'Aaron Fox is almost – I'm thinking he's an all-star, but just because he's in the West, it would be hard to squeeze him in. But I almost think like he's one of those. That is a perfect segue because after break, we are going to hit on the all-star game conundrum. So hang tight with us, and we will be right back. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. 
Welcome back to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. I'm your host, Mark Tinklenberg. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Herringa, Zach Walker, and our guy, Coach O. Hey. Uh, yeah. So we're back from break. Um, we hit on the first part when you listen. We just hit on some teams, uh, ascending and descending teams across the NBA. Um, Coach O mentioned at the end there that he had a, a candidate that he feels like deserves to be in the all-star game, which is what we're going to talk about next. Um, the all-star game is not 100% set in stone, but from my understanding, um, the NBA has decided it's going to happen and that it will take place in Atlanta. Um, there's a lot of NBA players that have no interest in it, but we know we'll participate in it because, um, you know, it's part of the bigger NBA. And so a guy like LeBron James, I, I'm, I'm assuming he will, he will participate whether he wants to do it or not. Um, but there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of unsure and uh, unsteadiness built around it. Um, I want to know what you guys think about the all-star game as a whole. Uh, Coach L, I'm going to start with you since you kind of were the one that started this topic. What do you think about the all-star game in general, where it's being held? You know, it was still in the yeah. middle of a pandemic. Tell me your thoughts on uh, on what you'd like to see so, with the All-Star game. <laughs> so from what I'm hearing, Atlanta is wide open. <laughs> like, so I don't know if I would. So I don't know if I would bring all of our best players into a city. So I kind of understand where the players are coming from. I don't know if I would bring all of our best, the best players into a city altogether. And then just kind of like expose them in that way. And especially I for for most of the players, what's bugging them the most is just that they were told one thing and then it turns out it's something else. Like a lot of them came like um, teams like the Lakers and teams that didn't get the, the, the rest that they that other teams have had. They came into the season saying that, okay, we're going to have five days to be able to recuperate. That's going to be like the all-star, no all-star weekend, all-star game and whatever. And I think for them, it's more like the players kind of feel that side of, like they respected their part of the bargain by coming and performing, right? Like testament, testament to LeBron. LeBron is not sitting out any games. When LeBron technically just won a championship, could sit, Right. But he's coming. He's competing every time. So his side of the bargain is being is being um, is being upheld. Now I think where the players are kind of like feeling a little bit betrayed is that they're not. They haven't been. They they haven't been. I guess told the truth. I guess like they just decided. Hey, let's just have a let's just have an all star game. You know things are going well. You know I think that's what they're more worried about. So personally, me, I wouldn't do it just because I'm looking at the bigger picture, right? At the end of the season, I want my best players, my best element. I want I want my best teams to be playing their best basketball, period. So if this is another obstacle to have them have another setback, I don't think it's it's to the best, personally. I don't think it's to the best. I, I agree with you. I feel about the All-Star game kind of like I feel about the season, kind of like I felt about college basketball, kind of like I felt about almost everything in 2020 which is, wow, it's a really nice outlet for me, but is it necessary per se? Now, financially, it's necessary for a lot of people and all of that, but I'm with you, Coach O. I feel like the All-Star Game is almost um, 
one step farther than it needs. We've figured out the season. We've, we, you know, we've had, we had, uh, we got teams playing with eight players, nine players. We're figuring out how to do this. And it just feels like you're throwing them all in this cauldron and opening up more issues potentially than they, than they could solve unless they use the same format they did last year because, hot damn, that was the best All-Star game I have ever watched, ever. And if they're going to do the Kobe 824 and they're going to do that quarter by quarter, then play it three times because that was the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. I was going to go with that. But I'll, I'll hold my breath for that. I'm going to let Zach. Zach, tell me what you think about the All-Star game. What, what are your views? Well, this was going to be the year that it was going to be in Indiana originally. Um, and I was very, very excited for it because I was going to not go to work and I was going to be there for at least a week and a half. And I was probably going to be intoxicated the whole time. Um, so it's maybe, it's maybe safe for this way. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good thing. It's not happening. Let's be honest. Um, because you would have seen me on the news downtown, <laughs> Probably with my pants off. Let's just be honest. Um, so, if you're what, if you're listening to this pod and you're not seeing the video, please check the video to see Zach's face. I can see the disappointment. I, I, I had these plans in my head. I was gonna go to Hooters downtown, and then I was gonna get it in. That's what that was, that was really my plan. That's it. Pants optional. Pants optional whole time. Um, so, I'm a little mixed. So. That being moved to two years from now, we got Cleveland next year. The following year will be an Indy. Whoever wants to come see me with my pants off, come on down. Um, but I'm on Coach O's side here. I think there is a little risk to it as far as, if, like you said, bringing all the stars of all these teams in to the same place, possibly being exposed and then if they do get, if one gets exposed, the contact tracing, then it just makes it the regular season. Well, they put it on hold. I know they haven't announced the second half of the season schedule yet, right? I don't think that they have. But at the same time, they left that open just in case. But, like, do we want the all-star game to be the thing that makes it just in case? I think we can avoid that. I want a regular season. I want a playoffs to be on time. Let's just keep it moving. We've already said, hey, we're going to push it back originally. Next year will be the next one. They canceled it. Just stick with that plan to make it as safe as possible. Give it another year to cool down. I'm cool with it not being there. It will be sad because there's a lot of great names that are, as, as far as the voting goes right now, that we're, we're going to miss out on. But I'm, I'm okay with it being gone. Tink? So here's what I think. I think I agree with everything you guys have said so far. I also... I'm trying to think about the fact that it's going to happen because I I believe the NBA is going to, I think it's, like I said, I think it's basically a done deal. Um, And so I'm also thinking on that side. So if it's going to happen, you know, um, Mike, as you said, last year was the best all-star game, actual all-star game I've ever watched. Um, It was one of the best games I've ever watched. The Elam ending to that. Well, I mean, the intensity, those last three, that, that was amazing. Um, that was basketball, like utopia right there. Um, but with that being said, um, I'm concerned, but at the same time, I have to give, um, I have to give Adam Silver the benefit of the doubt 
Um, he put together the bubble. He allowed us to have a season at the height of a pandemic. Um, and he put those guys in a situation where nobody tested positive. Um, he's obviously um, on the side of the players. He's concerned about the players' health. He has been the whole time. And I got to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. Um, for all the naysayers, I get why. And I, I completely understand why the Stars would, would say, really, do we have to do this? Like, um, But it's been a part of the NBA legacy forever. And I think that their point of view is that if they can make it happen safely, which I know they'll do everything in their power to, um, then they need to, they need to do it because obviously there's a lot of money ramifications involved, but I think it's a part of what makes the NBA so unique. They've set the standard for sports. I mean, they, they have, they, they've been able to that NBA whole playoff run in the bubble. That was, I mean, that has set the standard. There is nothing that could ever happen really beyond a global pandemic um, that could, they've set the stage that NBA basketball is always going to happen. So it's, as I said, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. I actually want to see it happen because I think there's a lot of players that we're going to dive into here that deserve to have uh, be on that stage this year. And I, as much as I am for their safety, I also think if they're going to do it, I think some of these guys deserve a chance. And I'm going to be honest. Um, you know, I, I'm going to let Coach O tell me a couple guys he wants or whoever wants to start. But um, the all-star voting is interesting right now. Um, Zach, I think you had the all-star voting pulled up. Uh, why don't you list off the, just the top four or five in each conference so far? So we'll go front court, Western Conference. Of course, LeBron and uh, Joker up there, top two. Kawhi rounds out the third spot there. Anthony Davis right behind. Sorry, I did list more. Um, guards, Steph Curry. Love seeing it. Luka, two. Dame, three. Hey, Zach, can you tell me real quick who number 10 is in the guards? I know. Did you see that? Alex Caruso. <laughs> he cracked the top 10. Uh, Eastern Conference. Of course, Durant being back, you knew he was going to be top there. Onto Takumpo, two. Embiid, three. Kind of surprised he's in three. Like, uh, he's having a heck of a year. But you got KD and Onto Takumpo, so he's going to be up there. Tatum, four. Guards, Bradley Beal. Glad to see it. Glad to see he's number one in the guards. Kyrie and then James Harden right below that. Um, not really surprising on any of these other names that I'm really seeing besides Clay Thompson, who, you know, doesn't have the legs. Um, yeah. Um, John Morant, top five in here in the guards on, on the West. Love seeing him up there. Donovan Mitchell, of course, up there. There's some great names. Uh, great, great names. Zion, Zion's, of course, on there. Your boy Paul George Tink is on there. Yeah, I mean, there'd there, there, there be some great names on there. My boy Sabonis, who won't make it. It'll be fine. He, he had his one. That was it. Um, yeah, there's some great names that we'd miss out on. I, and like you said, Tink, like, do I think that they should? No. Will they? Yes. Will I watch it? Yes. So with that being said, Mike or Coach o, whoever wants to start, tell me some guys that you have that that weren't listed so far that that deserve to be in this all-star game. Cause I think there's a few more <laughs> from what we've watched that deserve to be in there. And I know you guys have been watching pretty closely. So fire away. Whoever wants to start. I encourage everybody to 
pay attention to my man Swiper the Fox, De'Aaron Fox. I think De'Aaron Fox is almost, you see, in the NBA, he's almost at the point where he you're going to see the player that he's going to be for longevity, right? In the NBA, normally around year four, that's where a player kind of establishes their identity. He's at that point. And He's just steadily just getting better. We know about the speed. We know about um, the ball handling. But now he's starting to confidently take shots. That has opened up a whole other aspect of his game. I love watching De'Aaron Fox, and he's one of the main reasons why um, Sacramento's in the play-in right now. He's one of those main – he's the main reason why they're in the play-in tournament right now. So I like De'Aaron Fox. And, And let me just add on to that not on the top 10 in voting, which is crazy to me. Um, averaging 23.4 points, 7.7 assists, 3.4 rebounds, and he does what he does on the court. He got to give my – if Alex Caruso is going to be on the top 10, I think you got to have De'Aaron Fox on the top 10. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, I, I like – I mean, there's a couple of guys on this list. I want to give uh, Colin Sexton a little shout-out up in Cleveland. Uh, they're in the netherworld up there. And that guy, he's, he's putting together a nice, a nice season and he's not going to make it, but it's nice to see him on there. And I really, uh, so Zach, you went over the top. If we look at the top five guards in the West, Steph, Luca, Dame, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant. I want to put Devin Booker in there. I want to put him, I don't know who I take out, but I want him to be higher on that list because I think of all of those guys, Steph not included, and Dame's already, you know, proven himself to some degree. But if, if you know, and I don't want to go would you rather too early, but if you had a would you rather between uh, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, and Devin Booker, <sighs> right now, I might take D-Book. So I just, and, and maybe not, maybe that's just me right now thinking, goodness, I want him to be on that list. Cause he's, I think he deserves it. Uh, and, and I'm also a little bit uh, still starstruck from what he did in the bubble, but I, I, I think it's a pretty good list. Uh, Darren Fox, what we were just <laughs> talking about when he just uh, destroyed Ben Simmons and, and took his soul. Uh, that was a nice, that was a nice moment. So I'm pretty okay with what we're doing. You got four, four million vote getters. You got LeBron, Steph, and Durant. That makes perfect sense. I think those three, uh, you could have guessed that they'd be the top vote getters. But I'm excited to watch, even if maybe it shouldn't happen. But Mark, to your point, it's going to. And we've said before, Adam Silver is the best commissioner in sports. And what he has done, what he did last year, and what he's continued to do this year, I agree with you. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Here's my question to all of you real quick, Tink, before you chime in. Do we still like, do we still think the best way to get the the right people into the All-Star game, that starting five is for fans to vote in? No. No. Yes. (laughs) I mean, there's an an all-NBA team, right? Right. And that's kind of who the players and coaches and media thinks this is, this is, these are the five best players, first team, second team, third team. Uh, 
I think uh-uh. no, I but I think it's a it's a valid point because I think a portion of it, you know, for sure there's some input from the fans, right? Because these are the people that are tuning in to see. But there's only like a small percentage of geek like us who like like the actual who under actually understand, you know, everything that goes into a player position matchups. Uh, what does this mean for his legacy and all those little things? Right. So, I mean, to a certain point, I understand that it's like a business, too, where, you know, it's for people who want what do people want to see. So I, I get it. But also at the same time, like. You're not going to see Clay Thompson and you're probably not going to buy guy Caruso, but you're probably not going to see Caruso. <laughs> Would you think that you could go have the have coaches and do in how basically how the coaches do the bench? Do you think they could do the starting five and have the fans vote for the bench? I think I think it's I think if the fans vote the starters, I think there's less of a margin of error. Like, you know, you're going to get LeBron. You get what I'm saying? Like, even if Steph Curry's in that starting lineup, I get it because he's having a season. He's still having a season. And, you know, it's the household names that are mostly going to make it onto the, especially with um, the, the, the average fan, right? When it gets down to the bench, there's a little selection. Like Sabonis making it last year. Um, you're looking at, um, guys who are coming up, you're looking at, um, I mean, I don't even think I saw Ben Simmons on that list, you know, but you're looking at um, the point guard. You let, know. Me, let me throw a couple more for you to yeah. add on. So you uh, like, mm-hmm. t- like a Tobias Harris this year, yeah. like a Devin Booker this year, mm-hmm. like uh, Chris Paul again this year. Um, another sub in the East. I could see that I haven't seen on there. I want to throw out there like a Clint Capella from the Atlanta Hawks having just a massive year. Mm-hmm. Um, so just wanted to give you some other, like there's some other guys that I was thinking about that could be a bench guy that, that we see maybe a little bit more of the, the things they do beyond just being a, you know, a household name, which is, which are those starters. Mm-hmm. So I and think, can, yeah, I, yeah, can yeah. I just say I'm, I'm proud of the public for getting Bradley Beal in over Kyrie and James Harden. He deserves absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. I'm proud of I'm proud of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. I agree, but yeah, I I agree. It's it's just there's some things you won't see if you don't watch the games, right? But you know, it's understandable too, and that's why I think like it's way easier to have like um, to have the fans vote for the starters because I guess there's like less of a margin of you know you're not going to see like someone who's not supposed to be there that's true that's that's yeah. just what i think that's and great. at the end of the day it's it's an exhibition uh and maybe not everybody we want gets in but at the end of the day if somebody doesn't play also it doesn't matter it's an exhibition for us the fans so exactly so last last part about the all-star game be before we move on uh, they're talking about maybe having the dunk contest at halftime of the All-Star game. What do you guys think about that? And if you have somebody in mind, if we're doing this, let's roll. Who do you guys want to see in a quick dunk contest at a halftime of an NBA All-Star game? Which, I got to be honest, I don't think it's all bad. You, you, you eliminate the night before stuff, so you keep people you know away from each other, and you bring them all in the same night. You do everything in one night. Uh, everybody comes in. Everybody goes out at the same time. Uh, I kind of like it. 
but I'm kind of interested uh, as to who you guys, what you guys think about it and who you guys would like to see in there if that happens quickly. I'll, I'll say this. I'd rather that than having some musical performer that I don't want to see, like the Black Eyed Peas or something like that. Like I'd rather have something <laughs> to actually watch. It's entertaining. Um, of course, you got to have Zion in there. I think that, you know, you that's going to be the mass appeal and what he has done in the dunking side. We've obviously had our issues with what he's done on the court or not done on the court, but like the dude can dunk and he's probably one of, I mean, he's one of the top dunkers in the league now, if not the top, I, I think that that's going to be my guy to say, like, if you're going to have it, that boy better be in it. Uh, I just want to say real quick, tonight's going to be a good night, Zach. Okay, you laughed. On mute, my brother. Help me out. So, hey, I, 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 l- let me do, let me do a quick switch. Can, can can I throw something out here real quick? Because the the yes, we all know who who's gonna potentially be in the dunk contest this year. Can I ask off the top of your guys's head who is the best in-game dunker you've ever seen? Vince Carter. You have, tell me, tell me your favorite one, quick. My favorite in-game dunk that 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 Vince did, I, dude. Uh, that dunk, I don't know. I'm thinking of the dunk contest. See, that's the best dunk contest I've ever seen, too. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> he had like, sure. Get like eight dunks that nobody's ever seen. Because when was, I who did he dunk on? I'm sorry, who did he dunk on in the um, oh the Olympics? Um, Olympics. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was that seven three Croatian dude. I think yes, that that, that is one of the most important. And seeing Kevin Garnett go crazy over that was one of the best hype moments I think I've ever seen at Duncan in a game. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, he had a 360 windmill in game up in Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. <sighs> Reverse 360 windmill. Him and McGrady together <laughs> just destroying people. Yeah, easily the best dunker, in-game dunker of all time to me. Yeah, I'm thinking of that one against Dikembe where he cocked back oh, and ran into New him. Jersey. Yes, and then just destroyed him. Oh, but you know who I was watching the other day who who had some super nasty in-game dunks? There was two people. I was watching Derrick Rose when he first came in, just just embarrassing people. And you guys remember Kevin Johnson from the Suns where he would just rise and he dunked over to Kembe too a couple of times. So I didn't know if you guys had somebody off the top of your head because I just – Ugh. It, I love the dunk contest, but uh, nothing beats a good soul-taking dunk in-game. I'm, I'm a fan of Sean Kemp. Oh, I'm a big God. time fan of Sean Against Kemp. Against the Warriors where he points <laughs> at him. I'll also yeah. give one of my Dominique most hype moments. Dominique was good. Also, uh, DeAndre Jordan dunking on uh, <laughs> what's it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know what I'm talking about. DeAndre, and then Knight. making that Brandon steak Knight. face. Yeah. Brandon, Brandon Knight making the steak face after he did Everybody on the court. Back. Everybody yeah. on the court's like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm to so be, sorry. To be fair, to be fair, LeBron James wasn't so bad. Hasn't been so bad oh. at games either. <laughs> who's that? Who's he dunk? Who did he dunk on? I think he's on the Mavericks. No, Nurkic up in Portland. Oh, God. Yeah. He, yeah. Came out of the rafters. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh. So anybody in current NBA, I, Coach O, I liked uh, the, the Mikhail Bridges, or not Mikhail um Who's the guy in Charlotte I'm thinking of? Yeah, Michael. Michael Bridges. Yeah, Michael Bridges uh, yeah. in Charlotte. That Now that 
he would be fun to watch. Obviously, I think Zach Levine is is back with the bounce. He's been in the last uh, – he was in last year's, I think, again. Um, I'd love to see him again uh, as well. Boy, he's – you want to talk about a guy who should be in an all-star game right now, mm-hmm. Zach Levine. Uh, anybody else come to mind? Mm-hmm. I Right now – Right now, what comes to mind is is Jaw. Jaw's dunks are not crazy spectacular, like fancy, but like he just seems like he just gets to the paint and just explodes. And it's it's very impressive to see because um Bridges and Jaw are guys that like they'll dunk in games, you're like, whoa, you know, but then they'll when they do dunks in the warm-ups, it kind of looks normal. It's like one of those things where like you're like, yo, if you understood what this guy just did, you know, but just the fact that these guys are not scared to just dunk, they're great in-game dunkers. Guys like Jaw, I think if we're talking about in-game dunkers right now, I'm thinking Jaw, I'm thinking Bridges, I'm thinking uh Zion. Right now. Yeah, give me those three. Anytime. That's going to be, that'd be very, very entertaining. If they have it, definitely give me those three people. And Caruso. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to make it in some way, shape or form for the all-star game. I like it. I like it. Um, All right. So we're going to go into our last section. Mike, you did not get to be a part of this last time. And so I'm excited to, um, to have you be a part of this. I know you were, you were dying last time. I'm ready. So I'm going to fire off a couple to you guys real quick. Okay. So I I've, I've put together a couple. Would you rather have um, one or the other player? Okay. Now these are all going to be current NBA guys right now. So we're going to start with this and then we'll move into a little bit of a different part. So uh, let's go in order. Just, we'll just stay in this order of the screen that I have which is Cocho, Mike, and Zach. So that's the order I have on my screen. So that'll be the order I want you guys to answer. So here we go. Uh, First one, would you rather have Brandon Ingram or Paul George? Cocho, you're on the clock. Go. (laughs) I'm going... I'm going PG. I'm going to go Paul George because of the uh, consistent shooting ability. I'm taking it. I'm taking it from a coach perspective. I think it opens up for other things that I want to do. So I'm going to take Paul George. I'm going to have to have him come out of the game and I'm going to take Brandon Ingram. I think this is a kid that's just finding uh, his form. He's gotten better and better every year. And uh, I think I think looking right now, I think he's almost as good. And moving forward, I'd take him for sure. This this hurts my soul. Um, I'm going to go PG solely for the defensive side of the ball because I'm a, I'm a defensive-minded guy. Um, that's it. I want Brandon, Brandon Ingram's talent. I watched him destroy the Pacers the other night, and he is just getting more and more impressive every year. But – I'm going to go PG for what he can do on both sides of the ball. And I can know I can put him on the best, best player on the other team. And hopefully he can stop him. Good answers. Good answers. All right. Coach, you're up again. Would you rather have Joel Embiid or Nikolai Jokic fire? Oh, I'm going Jokic. He could do it all. Um, just him able being able to move across the perimeter, handle the ball a little bit. 
I think he covers, um, I think he's more of a consistent threat from the outside as well. So I think just having someone that's able to handle on the perimeter like Jokic, I think it opens up my, my, uh, my offense. I would agree with that. And he also stays healthy. So I'm with you, Coach O. I'm going to also go with Joker for two reasons. I just don't really like Embiid as a person, and that's just me personally. Uh, comma, but I also like Joker's new emblem on his shoes. <laughs> I just really like his shoes. I think they're sweet. But, yeah, the fact that I know he can go get me a triple-double, done. Okay, uh, one more quick player one, and then we're going to go into a little different section. Um, would you rather have Ja Morant or De'Aaron Fox? Go. God, you're not doing this to me. Oh, man. Oh. You going to rep for your dude? I'm going to go Fox. I'm going to go Fox. I'm going almost same style, but I'm going to go lefty point guard. I, I'm with that. So I'm going to go De'Aaron Fox. And he could, and I think I, I'll trust the Aaron Fox shooting ability more down the line than I would Jaws because Jaws really doesn't want to shoot. Ja Morant, next question. Okay, got it. Um, I'm going to go with Fox as well, solely because he's on my fantasy team this year and he has done a lot of service for me. And I really appreciate him. So I'll Dude, continue to give him props. You are coming with some cold, hard analysis and facts today. <laughs> You're loyal. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, here we go. Would you rather have the 1996 Chicago Bulls or – the 2016 Golden State Warriors. Fire. That's tough because it's different eras. So are we talking about which era are we competing in? Are we competing right now? I, I'm saying what team are you taking to win that game? Go. I'm going to go to Warriors just because just their play style will probably have like, will probably the, the playing style of the Warriors will probably have more possessions and more threes. So I'm going to say that I'm going to say for points – perspective to me it just makes sense to have a team that shoots more threes <laughs> i hate math but i had to do a quick one right there <laughs> every bit of my soul thinks that the warriors would win i i i don't know how i how i don't pick that 96 team though i just I just feel like you got Phil, you got Scotty on the perimeter, you got Rodman, you got obviously Jordan. In a seven-game series, I'd take the Bulls. Man. Whose shoes do you um, like best? <laughs> tell you, uh, those Jordans. <laughs> They're better the Jordans than the, are real nice. Better than those dad-looking Steph Curry's. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go with the Jordans. That Oh, man, that's a really, really tough one. My head wants to go with Coach O and kind of do the math in that one, but I'm such an old-school NBA guy, and in a seven-game series, watching Jordan trying to shut down Steph or Clay, ooh, I, and Pippen out there playing defense, trying to shut down – Pippen would guard Clay. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go Bulls. Seven-game series, I'm going Bulls. Plus, I love the idea of Steve Kerr playing Steve Kerr the coach. It's amazing. Yeah. Guys, think about uh, think about the spacing on the court, guys. It's not the same kind of basketball. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> We're not running the triangle offense with Luke Longley down there, boys. Who's he going to guard on the perimeter? <laughs> um, all right. So here's another one. Um, would you rather? Oh, this is good. This is good. Would you rather miss if you're an NBA player? You're in an NBA game right now. Would you rather miss a wide open layup or get posterized? It's a lose lose. So go ahead and tell me, tell me what you think. Who am I getting posterized by? <laughs> That's the question. Because John if I Kemp. get because listen, if I get <laughs> if I get posterized by the backup center on the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's all good. I'll take that. <laughs> I like how you reached to try to think of who that would be in your head. That's what I saw on camera. <laughs> so, so you're you're saying you'd you'd rather get posterized by Kendrick Perkins? Hold up, hold up, then hold up, then miss an open layup, miss like a fast break by myself, open layup. Yeah, I'll miss a layup. Okay, I'll miss a layup. <laughs> I'll miss a layup. I'll miss a layup. I'll miss a layup. I'll miss a layup and I'll do what I'll do what every player does. You Look know? at their hands. Pretend like it's the hands. <laughs> what happened? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What or happened? grab your hamstring. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I'm but, going down like I just got shot with. But a, a dunk. There's nothing you could say about that. No, so. that's a wrap. That's that's the end of the career. No, I'll I'll tell you. Uh, just the word posterized because you've never been immortalized on a poster of a missed layup those are forgotten real quickly everybody remember we just talked about the fact that vince carter we know the that guy from the lithuanian team because he got posterized so i i would much rather miss a layup i'm actually going to go the opposite and here's my reason okay if i open a, a layup by myself no one else around me that's on me and I have to live that down. I have to be on shacked and a fool for however many weeks in a row that I missed a wide open layup. If I get posterized because that person is just that talented and I'm a part of that history, there's nothing you're going to do regardless. If Vince Carter comes at me, I don't care if I'm the best defender in the league, you're going to dunk on me. And I'm okay with it because I just witnessed history myself. If I miss a layup on me and I got to walk down the other court and tell the guys, Hey, that's um, that's my bad. Like I, I don't really even know what to say to you. Dinner's on me, guys. I I can't <laughs> I can't have that in my spirit. I'm gonna get dunked on because regardless of it, I had nothing really to do with it. Besides, that guy was just super athletic. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hold on, uh, before, Mark. Before you keep going, ninety six Bulls or the Warriors, sixteen Warriors. To me, yes, um, I'm going. I'm going Golden State. I, I there's too much space to cover given the the rosters that were that were uh, what they were at the time. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go Golden State. Um, so that's it, Coach O. I appreciate you coming back, Zach, Mike. It's been a pleasure, Coach O. You always a pleasure, guys. Quickly, always. quickly, quickly pump out your Instagram and Twitter quick. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be here. Coach O365 on all platforms. Let's keep, let's stay connected. Let's keep getting better. Always. Love man. it, guys. Appreciate it. 
for us at XNO's NBA Breakdown, we will see you next time. Mambo on three, boys. One, two, three. Mamba. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, subscribe, or comment on any of our social media sites at X underscore breakdown. See you next week. And remember, Mamba on three.